0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, were back with you guys today as we both had the chance. Anthony actually joined me for this conversation to talk with a guest you're, you're getting to know quite well. That is former Tar Heel basketball player, but lifelong Tar Heel Michael Norwood. He joined the show to talk about what he's seen from the team in the three-game winning streak gets us ready for the rematch with Duke on Saturday and what he thinks this team has to do to make the NCAA tournament. So without any further ado, let's get to our conversation with former Tar Heel basketball player, Michael Norwood. We are now joined by former Tar Heel player, but as he likes to say, he is a lifelong Carolina guy. He is Michael Norwood. Michael, good morning, man. How are you?
2: I'm doing great.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. Oh man, we're we're really glad that that you ha- took some time to come on and talk with us. And I saw you tweeting with with my co-host the other day, so I offered him the chance to come on and and talk some with us because uh believe it or not, uh he actually gets annoyed having to talk to me. So maybe talking with you will will lessen his annoyance with me whenever we talk throughout the remainder of the season, but uh Michael that the team has won three games in a row, which it does qualify as as a winning streak from, from from your perspective, what have you seen from Carolina that has allowed them to win these three games? Notre Dame, Virginia, um, and, and then Monday at Florida State?
2: Well, it, to, co- to quote Coach Williams, you know when the ball goes in the basket, everything looks better. Uh, guys play harder, they share the ball better. There's more enthusiasm. So that's the simple answer. Um, I think think Coach Davis played a little bit more of the bench in those games in the first half. He's never going to do it in the second half. But I think it makes a difference so that we're a little fresher down the stretch. But the most interesting wrinkle I've seen is basically rotating Baycott and Nance at the five. And I was actually with Curtis Hunter at the game on Saturday, one of my old teammates, and he really is a coach. He pointed out how much Baycott was sitting on the bench. But by playing Nance at the five and he's starting to make shots again, it really opened up the court for everybody else. So that was kind of a little wrinkle that we've seen recently is not – 38 minutes of Baycott you know let's try Nance some at the center and that puts a shooter a day. that leaves driving lanes for RJ and Caleb a little bit better and even Leaky. uh we'll see against Duke but that was a little something we kind of picked up on the last couple games
0: one of the things that that I talk about a lot on here and and I'm sure as a player you know <laughs> Carolina's always built towards March and for the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, and and during – this season, I never once really felt like they were ever building towards anything. I thought it was just a lot of inconsistent play, whether it was really really good play followed by really really poor play. But in this three-game winning streak, do you feel like do you feel like they're building towards a team that can make some noise next week in Greensboro, and if they hear their name called on Selection Sunday, make another run in the Big Dance?
2: So if you're if you're a Carolina team, Carolina player, what at Carolina coach? You think you win every single game. I mean, whenever they do the seedings, you don't care. You you just believe you're better than everybody. Um, The one thing I'd be a little concerned, Notre Dame's not very good. And Florida State's not that great either. Um, The Virginia game was really good. The the, the thing you worry about is a little bit of a false sense of security if either one of you guys are golfers. It's like, all right, we just – played a couple short, easy par fours and par fives. And now we've got to, you know, play a big boy hole. And that's Duke's playing really well. And it's going to be a tough, tough game. And if we lose to Duke, we're out. I, I think if, if we're out of the NCAA tournament if we lose to Duke. So we have to win that game.
1: Hey, Michael, uh, Anthony Pagnotta here. Uh, Glad I've I've finally been allowed to uh, come on and actually talk to you here. He's kind of kept me behind the scenes. Love the golf analogy, by the way. I do find it hard. Some of those par-4, par-5 putt-putt courses really get to me. Um, Uh. One of the things that's been talked about a lot, has been the play of Pete Nance. Lemon Oreos yeah. getting a lot of the credit. I have been so bold as to say if the team wins a national championship, I have to eat a whole pack. Um yeah. but, uh, you know, when when you look, you know, have you noticed anything different in maybe the way that Hubert Davis is is utilizing him when it when it comes to his recent success of play? Is, has that helped to get the most out of him?
2: Well I think if you look, he's looked really stiff. Really, ever since he sat out those games with his back injury or back soreness, he really looked pretty stiff. But like I said earlier, all of a sudden, we saw him out there a lot at the five spot, and he's a better five than he is a four. And so that was the thing that I talked about Coach Davis the last couple games. He has sat Baycott – for pretty long stretches in in the second half with Nance, and Nance is more comfortable playing the five. When he was going through that stretch, and we've all been there, he just lost his confidence. Uh, He he was scared to take shots. He was second-guessing when he shot it. He had just lost his confidence. In the last couple games, he hit that first one against Virginia, and I was there, and the crowd went nuts for the very first shot of a basketball game That was huge. And the true fans were supporting Nance and knowing that he needed to pick me up, and that really kind of helped him get off to a great start. Now, given all that, one thing that Coach Smith used to always really talk about, he didn't really care if the ball went in the basket or not. He judged it by the quality of the shot. The concern I have is we made really hard shots against Virginia. And if you're taking hard shots, the percentages are you're not going to shoot it that well. And remember, Caleb banked in a three-pointer. Nance hit one at the end of the first half with somebody all over him. Those shots, are you've got to get good shots consistently to be a good team. And that was my real worry. Yes, we made shots, but, man, we made some hard shots.
1: Yeah, and R.J. Davis has definitely been a guy that's been uh, hitting a lot of those. So hopefully, he stays in rhythm. You know, one of the other things, Michael, that we've really been talking about here over these last uh, couple of weeks has been being on the NCAA tournament bubble. It's It's been bracketology, and uh, I have begged this team, please, please, next season, can we have a year where we're not on the bubble? But we're here, and we're dealing with it, man, so... You know so what are you? This year's
2: not make- going to be the year for that because we're losing a lot of dudes. So <laughs> <go> ah, <ahead. laughs>
1: oh, yes. Oh God. But uh, what, what do you? You know what do you make of the bracketologists right now ha- having UNC out of the tournament field and you know kind of the thing of hey they're they're right there but no matter what we seem to do we're not getting into the field. What do you make of that?
2: Well, it's, it's ridiculous. Everybody kind of poo-poos the ACC, and we have. Two in the Final Four last year, and we have, you know, four in the Sweet 16 every year. Mm-hmm. We get just um, you know diminished, and everybody talks up the Big Ten and all these different conferences, and yet come tournament time, Carolina's there, Dukes there, Syracuse plays well, Miami plays well, so we are definitely undervalued. Uh, but a lot of it we did it to ourselves. I mean, we blew some. I think somebody said we've blown like four or five eight-point leads in the second half. You just can't do that.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right about that. And I want to follow up uh, on the ACC because you course grew up loving the ACC, played oh, yeah. in the ACC. I'm the same way. I feel like you know a lot of now. My burden as a, as a podcast host is to is 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 to wave the flag for this conference that that I love more than anything else because the reputation is down. It's 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 being considered ranked behind like the Mountain West Conference and the West Coast Conference. Course. So as a guy that lived that, that 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 has lived this conference your entire life, how does that make you feel when you hear the way the conference is talked about and when you think back to last year, you had three teams in the Elite Eight, two teams. In the Final Four, then of course Carolina was playing on the final Monday of the season.
2: Well, it's, again, it just goes back to it's sometimes it's a lack of respect or just wanting new names. I mean, if you're in the media, you know, writing about Duke and Carolina is is you've done it a million times. Maybe you want to get into talking about a Mountain West team or just write. I, I don't know, but we, we get so. We don't get enough love, and yet every single NCAA tournament, our teams outperform our rankings, outperform our expectations. And a Big Ten team, they do it every year. They'll get nine teams in the tournament, and seven of them will lose the first weekend.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right about that. We're talking with former Carolina basketball player, but he is a lifelong Tar Heel. He is Michael Norwood. Michael, let's turn our attention to the all-important game on Saturday. That's the rematch with Duke. That's always the biggest game of the year, but given where Carolina is on the bubble, this one has extra meaning and extra importance. You were a part of the first-ever game in the Smith Center, which was a classic against Duke back in 1986. So I want to ask you, what has been your favorite home Duke game to either attend as a fan or one that you've been watching since you hung up your uh, basketball shoes?
2: Well, the best as a as a fan, I was there when Marvin Williams got the put back, and that was the loudest I'd ever heard. And my son Austin was with me, and he was probably, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years old at the time, and he was sound asleep and didn't wake up for it. <laughs> so as a fan, that was it. Obviously, my favorite of all time is gonna be senior night. And that was my senior year. I got to start against them. And the funny thing about Coach Smith is about how comfortable he always made everybody. And that's why I think Carolina Kane had so many come from behind victories, always so calm. And I'll never forget that week. So we back then, you only played Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, every week. So after the Wednesday game, you come into practice on Thursday, and there's the practice plan, and he always lays out the white team, which is the starters, and then a, a sub or two, and then the blue team, and the practice plan. And I'm on the white team because I'm starting again, you know, Saturday against Duke. And there was just no comment. It was Michael, you're, you know, white team. We go do dummy offense. We do practices Friday, same thing. Saturday, pregame. Okay, Michael, instead of you guarding Quinn, we decided you're going to guard Bricky because he's more of an inside guy. We think, you know, your strengths would be better to guard him than chasing Quinn. We'll let Curtis guard him. But never once did coach address it at all. It was just like it was just this is what is expected to do. And I get in the game and you go through introductions. Your parents are there and you hug them and it's awesome. And I think I had a turnover kind of early. Uh, I blame Wolfie. He he didn't do a good job posting up. But then I got a a foul and then then I got a backdoor layup and scored. And we were up 8 nothing, and I tell everybody, it makes me so mad, Duke called timeout, and we were up 8 And back then, Coach Smith lets you play like two, three, four minutes as a senior. But, you know, Coach Williams doesn't do that. I don't know what Huber's going to do. But I was so bummed because it was my time to come out for Lebo, and I wanted to get pulled during the middle of the game so that I could walk off the court and get an applause and, and, and hug Coach Smith. I got pulled in a timeout.
1: So that bummed me out. Hey, Michael, looking back at the first matchup, you know what was the biggest thing that you felt hindered this team from leaving Cameron with a win? And and, and is that something you think they can counter this time in the Smith Center?
2: Well, to me the prob- the problem with Duke Carolina games, you get two a year and you only usually get a chance to win one of the two. Just for whatever reason, doesn't matter if it's there or here, you only get a chance to win one. I'm worried that we blew our chance at Duke. Duke was not playing that great at the time, had some injuries. Uh, I thought we were the better team, and we didn't win that game. That makes me nervous because you usually don't get two chances to beat Duke, you get one. So I'm a little concerned Saturday that we had our chance at Duke and didn't capitalize. We didn't shoot as well. I didn't think our intensity was that great, to be honest. Um, you know, Duke Carolina game, you, you, you die on the court. You, you're diving for everything. You're exhausted. And I remember coming out of that Duke Carolina game going, I felt like our guys kind of treated it like it was any other game. And that's been the knock on this crew for two years, to be honest is sometimes just not 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 understanding the gravity of the situation and just playing it a little too cool for school. So I'm a little worried that we missed our window for this year.
0: Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned that at the time Duke wasn't playing very good, but as of right now, I think they are a team that – kind of like Carolina was this time last year, was building towards yep. doing something special. I always talk about the thing that makes Duke Carolina unique is that, you know, it, it it there's always that unsung hero. Someone comes out of nowhere and really changes the game, and that game for Duke, it was Derek Lively. He had eight blocks in that matchup oh, alone. Oh, yep. You know, the most ever by a Duke player against Carolina. You've mentioned we've seen more Pete Nance at the five and stuff like that. How does Carolina counter – this time around in that matchup.
2: Well, and you just said it. If if you play Nance at the five and he's hanging out at the three-point line, Lively has to go out there. And all of a sudden now that leaves driving lanes for RJ and, and Caleb. And I, I just wish, Caleb's so athletic, I just wish he drove more. And to be honest, he, he I think, and I, again, the coaches know more than I do, I think sometimes when he drives, he tries to avoid contact to score. I wish he went right through the guys. I, Caleb should shoot 12 free throws a game if if I had that athleticism, that body. I'd be running over people. I'd probably get two or three charges a game, but I, I'm going to the hole. And I, bringing Nance out – Brings lively out that creates everything else for for the for the those guys to have open lanes. Now, obviously, you're still going to play a Baycott a ton, and I wish I'd like to see us get the, the ball to Baycott more, moving side screens, cross screens, things like that, as opposed to he's on the left block. We stare at him, we stare, at him, we throw him the ball and say, "Go score." And they're going to double. Everybody, the last half of the season, is running a double at Baycott. Uh, We have to deal with that. So I'd like to see Baycott get the ball on the move more than what we kind of do.
1: Hey, Michael, one of the things that I've heard, I actually heard this from one of my coworkers, too, who's a big Duke fan. He said that, you know, this time around, Carolina has all of the pressure on them because of the NCAA tournament, do you kind of worry about that or do you think that, you know, being at home and, you know, being behind a crowd that will probably be the best of the season for a year where there have been some amazing crowds, do you think that could potentially sort of weigh out that pressure that's on them?
2: so a couple things about that comment if you look back at duke carolina games it's amazing how many times the away team wins on both sides and there may be something to that about you're at home you're expected to win and you play a little tight i believe going back to the first statement i made when you're at carolina basketball you put pressure on yourself every single game you 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 expect to win you expect to play well every one of those guys expects to win the game against Duke. Making the tournament, missing the tournament. You you can't worry about things like that. I mean, I think going back to Coach Smith, his big thing was you only worry about what you can control. So once you get in the game, you worry about, do I make the right rotation? Do I set a good screen? Do I do this? That's all you can work, you can control, is what you actually do. The results, win or lose, get to the NCAA tournament you can't control those things you can only control the things that you the, as an individual control and that's how you go into these big games going i know my man i've got to worry about this i got to focus on the game plan i've got to focus on execution that's what you 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 really is in your mind all of this week
0: all right michael i'll get you out on this carolina wins on saturday night if
2: Oh, That's a good question. Thank you. If we move the ball. Uh, our team, when, when when we look up, and I was at the state game, and we had zero assists at halftime, and we only ended up with four or five. When we don't move the ball or move, I coach a million t- years and coach kids and everything. My biggest thing is move the ball, move yourself. And Carolina basketball, the last year or two, we get stuck when I go back to the Baycott thing, we throw it in there and then four guys stand and watch. We've got to move better, set screens better, move the ball. If you, if you play any pickup or play basketball, you always hear people yelling one more, one more, one more. And that means when the ball gets kicked out, they swing it to a guy who's got a good shot, but one more pass makes a great shot. So If I had to pick one thing, I would say how many assists do we have against Duke? I think that would be the big deal. And then also, they're pretty tall, so we've got to rebound. But that's what I would look for as a fan. Are we moving without the ball? Is the ball moving? Are we getting good shots?
0: It's hard to to disagree with that assessment. He is Michael Norwood. Michael, it was a blast again as always. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, my man?
2: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy it anytime you guys uh, want to hear an old man reminisce. I'm I'm good.
0: Thanks, Michael. There you go, guys. That is Michael Norwood, former Carolina basketball player, lifelong Tar Heel. Well, with that, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Then, when we come back, I'll shut down this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is, do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of the offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. We do encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com, where you'll find a preview for this weekend's game against Duke. Of course, there'll be a recap posted up as well. Then we'll get we'll be getting you ready for the ACC Tournament And then we'll have you covered for selection Sunday as well. Whether, even if Carolina does not make the tournament, we'll have you covered. That's heeltoughblog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We encourage you guys to rate, review, but most importantly, Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. do want to thank Anthony and Michael for joining me on today's edition. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.
2: Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.